Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? We're talking about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Sokowski. Great, man. You're right. You're, you're getting jacked. I've been ready for this episode my entire life. Dude, you should see this guy. You should see this yeah. guy, everyone. He is, he's, he's punching, he's fist shadow boxing he's, in my, he's, he's shadow in my boxing. studio. He is jacked. <laughs> this man is jacked. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I know why you might be jacked because this topic might have some of the greatest positive emotions in your life. Yes. Yep. What we're talking about today in this episode is doctrine. Yep, doctrine. <laughs> and a bunch of other people just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he makes it fun. <laughs> yeah. Make it fun, guys. <laughs> yeah. What is the background of doctrine, Pastor Joel? Great. I'm looking forward to this. We've really been talking about doctrine since really all season and and really since the beginning of season one episode one what so i'm hoping what this will do i'm hoping it feels like review for everybody Hmm. or maybe put some words to some of the things me and pastor jonathan that me and you have been doing since the Mm -hmm. start of this podcast Cool. Because really, you could say the that doctrine is the ultimate answer. We give an ultimate answer after every at the end of every episode, right? Wait, you're giving us the ultimate answer right now. That's really what doctrine. <laughs> every ultimate answer is a doctrine. I'll say that. Ah. And the reason it's the ultimate answer is because it's the answer that is true regardless of the context. That's the confusion so many people have over every topic we cover. How do I handle this in this situation? How do I handle this in that situation? The ultimate answer is so great because it fits for Mm -hmm. you to do uniquely in whatever context. Nice. Smoke a cigarette if it's for someone else's benefit. There you, you go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, give the tithing episode. Yeah. It's give as much as you can cheerfully. Yes. And that doesn't have to be money. That's contextless. That's a doctrine, nice. right? So the, this background is really something we've been discussing the entire the entire podcast we've done a lot of doctrinal discussion this episode in particular or this this season in particular and i'd say season two as well but just a a little refresher something we've we have really done a lot season three is give the resolution behind the what the why and the how or there's the what the bible says That's in line with knowledge, facts, right? And animal thinking. 
there's what the Bible means in the specific context or usage. That's understanding. That's in line with human thinking. Mm. And then there's the principles that are true regardless of the context. That's the wisdom. That's in line with godly thinking. This is doctrine. Nice. And from the last episode, godly thinking, doctrine is how we can know if we are hearing from God or not. Because who's the source of all of the ultimate answers, Pastor Jonathan? God. Perfect. How have people been hurt by the topic of doctrine in church? Mainly by not understanding these different dimensions that can be experienced when reading text, especially the Bible. The mm -hmm. what, the meaning, the why, and the doctrine, or the how, the wisdom, right? We don't have the the really the resolution we've lumped knowledge understanding and wisdom we've lumped facts with truth and mm. because we've lumped all these concepts we don't really have the doctrine god wants us to have hmm. or when we see it we're not even sure it's doctrine or worse we are seeing things that aren't doctrine and treating it as if it is like tithing, for instance, again. Yeah. Treating tithing, the tithing doctrine, saying that the doctrine behind tithing is giving 10% of your paycheck is not a doctrine. That is a specific what and maybe, maybe at most a why 10% yeah, of your paycheck. That's what that what means. Hmm. But that isn't true for every context. That isn't true for every person. Hmm. But how many times would we hear people teach, give 10% of your money to the church as if it's a truth? Nice. As if it's a doctrine. That's an example of how this conflict can be when people don't understand the different dimensions of scripture, of information, that it can be abusive it, and without these pastors even knowing they're doing it. Wow. That's like uh, that story of Jesus where he talks about the woman who gave the two mites or like two pennies yeah. versus the, you know, Pharisee or who, whomever, who the rich man who gave a lot of stuff and she gave, she, she gave more and he yeah. gave less. Which shows there's, there's a quantitative measure behind how much you're giving and there's also a qualitative measure behind what you're giving nice i was looking at it from both those angles and and also he's looking at why you're giving what you're giving and how you're doing it yeah very cool so what does this conflict of doctrine look like in the church well, we know with every episode we cover a strict side and a loose side the strict side and doctrine is very similar to the strict side in the godly thinking episode. It's treating what the Bible says as if it's doctrine. And that's kind of, I gave the tithing example just earlier. That's basically an example of what that looks like. Now, if this is what I believe, since I'm treating doctrine as, as the, the what of the Bible is doctrine, 
That means I can interpret the interpret the Bible in any way I want hmm. as it relates to the context and the universal application. Like the tithing example, I can say that I can interpret tithing as 10% of your paycheck goes to the church to the point where I start requiring people to send me their tax returns and their W-2s at the end of the year to make sure that 10% of their paychecks is in line with what they gave the church. So you could take, you could take a, a, you're saying like, as it relates to the context, what, so you mean, what do you mean as it relates to the context or the universal application? What do you mean by that? We're taking what the Bible says and, and helping it serve my context and, and my application. Okay. So pa a pastor of a church wants people to give their money. So he pulls a verse from the Bible and requires it to be given as uh, thus saith the Lord doctor. Right. This is what it means. And this is how all of you universal need to apply it. Perfect. And what, so, but it's taken that what, right? The Bible talks about tithing, Pastor Jonathan. Yes, it does. Now I teach it the way I want it. I want to teach it. And I, I have a universal application that makes everybody have to treat it the same way. And, and the reason that, I mean, this is very much this legalistic strict side of religion that we see, and we're just using tithing as one example. This, mm -hmm. this, this works in any, any of those different topics we've covered throughout the last three seasons. But the, the reason this is really a big issue is because it's really the, the, the people preaching and teaching this stuff are doing so to serve themselves and for maybe to, to prove their own point and to have their own conveniences met and, and really it's, it's being a boss and not a leader. Nice. So how do these people support the strict perspective with the Bible? Yeah. Again, it's similar to godly thinking where the problem is I can use any verse to support it because it's a thought process outside of the Bible put onto the Bible that this perspective is really about. It's me saying everything written in this Bible is doctrine. All of the words in this Bible is doctrine. So I can, I can say that about, so I can use any verse, like what verse do I need to to show you to prove oh, that? Oh, well, okay. Because it is this belief outside of the scriptures, right? Yeah. It's a belief about what the scriptures are as a whole. They are doctrine. But here's a verse that I would use if I was on this side. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So there you go. And this, I see this verse used all the time. Right. And there's a, a little thing in this verse that oftentimes overlooked, but it actually, what it actually means is all scripture that is given by inspiration of God is profitable for all these things. This doesn't mean every written word 
does all these things for you. It means the words that God inspired, which mm-hmm. that's truth, that's doctrine. Those things are profitable for all that God's truth is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. But I can take a verse like that and interpret it the way I want and apply it universally to say every word written in that Bible is doctrine. And again, you see how what I'm doing is lumping the what, how, and the why. I'm lumping yeah. Yeah. all of these different dimensions of how we experience words. Nice. So that's like me saying, if, if someone were to say to me, everything in this Bible is God-inspired, are you saying the words of Satan are inspired by God? That would be a good question to ask. And because his words are written. They are. They are. That's a great, times. yeah, that's a great question on how to deal with somebody who would, who would use this strict side as a belief. Okay. Well, especially I'm already on the defense. What about you, Pastor great. Joel? How would you, how would you defend yourself or help someone defend themselves? Well, I, I would, yeah, one way I, one way, if they use this verse coming at me, that would be one way I'd do it is what you just did is perfect. But here, let me give you a strategy of what I would do. So I'll bring it, man. Oh, this is awesome. Since I know the doctrine behind whatever this issue is, I can ask someone to interpret a passage and confirm their doctrine on that issue. And then ask them about another passage that covers the same doctrine. And that's how you can expose a contradiction is you take somebody's belief that isn't doctrinal and you apply it to a different area of scripture. Like you just did with the tithing example earlier. If I'm somebody who says you have to give 10% of your paycheck to the church, you took what I said and applied it to a different part of scripture. What about the woman who only gave two pennies? Christ said she gave more than anybody. See what that did? That exposed the contradiction in my belief Mm. because of the question you would have asked. Now, if I rationalize that away and say, yeah, but the Bible says give 10%. Or if the person I'm interacting with does that, I could ask them if they would like an explanation of the doctrine that removes their contradiction. Mm. So what we're trying to do every time, what me and Pastor Jonathan, what you and I are trying to do here mm-hmm. is we're trying to help these people. Yeah. We talk about these defense strategies. What we mean by defense strategy is I got to keep my thought process in a place where I can actually be of service to you. Yeah. I got to be able to hear from God so I can help you. And a lot of times when people are attacking us, it causes our brains to get cloudy and we can't handle our words well anymore. Mm -hmm. What I love about this strategy is once the contradictions exposed, why not ask the person if they would like an explanation that would remove their contradiction? And then if they say no, or if they don't answer at all, just walk away. Mm -hmm. Another, another issue with the strict side 
is that so much of their interpretation depends on the translation of the Bible. We've talked about this, right? Are all translations of the Bible accurate? Mm. Are all of them the same? Mm. Which one is the right one? So that, again, what that does, those questions expose a contradiction in, if my belief is that what my Bible says is doctrine, well, then what Bible? Nice. If I'm putting all of the onus on what the Bible says and none of it on the meaning or the doctrine behind it, I have a contradictory view of the importance of the words that are within the scriptures. Awesome. To make sure I understand here, I want to summarize the strict perspective. People on that side, they think that doctrine is simply what the Bible says. They have a tendency to, to a lot of really passionate scripture memorizing people. Yep. And they have lots of um, verses. So doctrine is associated with what the Bible says. So they um, use what the Bible says with whatever interpretation they want. So they have a goal. They have an objective. They have something that they're trying to accomplish. And their interpretation of what the Bible says supports their goal and what they want to do, yeah, which makes them bosses to Ooh. churches. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch is right. Well, to let that uh, absorb, let us sit in that. Let's take a call from McMillan, Alabama. It's Pastor Richard Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Dick. You are on the line. Uh, yes. Hello, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Joel. <gasps> Mrs. Tater, <laughs> how are you? Oh, hi, Pastor Jonathan. I, I'm doing much better since I heard the beginning of today's show. And I felt like God wanted me to share with you. Wow. I can't wait to hear what God has to say through you. Well, Pastor Joel, you and Pastor Jonathan remind me so much of my Richard when he was your age, except he didn't have an understanding of doctrine like you two have. I'm seeing that without it, he was at the mercy of his bosses. What do you mean? Well, Richard has pretty much memorized the Bible. So he did what Pastor Joel said when dealing with people on the strict side, except for asking the question and walking away. He could show them that doctrine was contradictory by referencing different passages, but he couldn't give the non-contradictory explanation. Oh, is that how he came to leave the church in Texas? Uh, well, they actually called Richard a heretic. Yeah, because that was how they responded to anyone who proved them wrong. What hurts Richard the most is he wasn't able to help 
Dickie understand the Bible. Dickie is sensitive. And we both believe Dickie left because the church was too rough with him. If we just knew the Bible more, Dickie would still be with us. Oh, Mrs. Tater, it's never too late. Have you tried to reach out to Dickie lately? Oh, Jonathan, we have no idea where he is or what he's doing. Richard misses him so much. Anyway, thank you both so much for taking my call and allowing me to share what's on my heart. This was always Richard's favorite podcast to hate. <laughs> God bless you, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. <gasps> wow, Pastor Joel! It was yeah. it was oh, Mrs. Man. Tater! So cool. Love wow. hearing from her. Dude, yes. Yeah. So good to hear. Thank you so much for the call, Mrs. Tater. Uh, I hope Pastor Tater is going to be okay. He was super scorched by the church, man. Ouch. Yeah, and it is the height of spiritual abuse mm. to think that if you contradict what we currently believe, then you are a heretic. Hmm. In other words, you're a heretic. If you try to show me where I'm wrong, ouch. Oh, goodness. That, that, the height of spiritual abuse. You wonder what hope people who've been taught that or who have embraced that belief have in hearing from God. Yeah, I just don't, I just have a hard time when someone calls just someone in like a heretic, just boom, you're a heretic, you're a heretic, you're a heretic. It just reminds me so much of the Pharisees in the day dealing with Jesus. Yeah, really. You know, you're, you're a glutton, you're a drunk, or, you know, you have a demon in you, you know, you're the enemy. It's just smacking these labels on people. One step, no understanding, just, pure judgment and honestly these people who are being labeled as heretics what i'm starting to realize is if someone's been being labeled a heretic it's not causing me to step away from this person what it's actually going to cause me to do now is step to go towards that person who's being called a heretic yeah i wonder what they're saying i want to hear it right what is so what why are people so ticked off at this person for what it is that they believe. Is it possible that they could be right because so many people are wound up against them? Right. Man. All right. Let's keep going, Pastor Joel. What is the other side of the argument? Right. The loose side is doctrine is your own truth. Yeah, the Bible's just a metaphor anyways, Pastor Jonathan. Hmm. So just live and believe your truth. Really, these people, just like the loose side of the godly thinking, these people believe what feels right to them. And they will avoid talking about doctrine and avoid defining terms. Hmm. So your truth means what essentially what feels right to you. Yeah. So this goes back to the, I know that I know that I know, and this is my truth. Yes. So if your truth is different than my truth, you just live your truth and I'm going to live my truth. Exactly. 
how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, these people who are avoiding these things that don't feel right immediately or avoiding talking about doctrine or avoiding defining words are really avoiding the truth of God's word, which actually results in people thinking they're saved when they're not and people being tossed to and fro in their lives and just blaming God for it. It sounds a lot like people being distressed and scattered. Mm. People who are in need of labors. But what these people are doing is justifying themselves instead of getting the help they need. How would you handle an interaction with someone who had that perspective? Yeah, some of these are very, very common common ways to handle people on the loose side. Again, it is still this strategy of taking what they said or what they believe and trying to ask them a question on them instead of a belief they have about other people or about the world. So, you know, if these people are saying, live out your own truth, I believe what feels right. I avoid talking about these things I could ask. So then, you know, you don't ever correct people, right? You don't correct people who have different views of religion than you do. Nice. Or I guess you never get upset when people try to prove you wrong, right? Because aren't those people just trying to live out their truth? Ah, so really, we're just taking the beliefs that these people have and flipping it onto them through a question and seeing how they, you know, and really just allowing the Holy Spirit and, you know, the, the way their brains work to do the work for us. I just ask the question and then ultimately walk away. Nice. When you see this going on in the church, the topic of doctrine, the the loose side and the strict side, all of that, what are your thoughts? I I see three different categories of people. So that I, th- I think about this in three different ways. One, it's the people I feel sorry for. These are people who think they know God's doctrine, but are really only being led by their feelings. Mm. And unfortunately, these people are in pride, which is proven by how they respond to anything that feels different or uncomfortable. Mm. Then there's the people, I understand why they do what they do. These are people who leave the church. Maybe they're even angry with never getting the right answers. These people have been taught that God's word is living and applicable to their lives today yet they're not given the answers to actually help them with their lives today. And then there's the group of people that I'm impressed with. These are people who know that God's doctrine works, that God's doctrine is non-contradictory. And these are people who pursue the truth regardless of what it feels like to them. Epic. Yeah. Which brings us to... The final, ultimate answer. The ultimate answer, doctrine is God's language. Ooh. Doctrine is truth, right? All truth is God's truth. 
God speaks with truth. Doctrine is truth. I say doctrine is God's language because it's the key to what the language he speaks to us is. It's the key to what you kept referring to last episode. And I think earlier in this one, our conscious brain being the word center. If our word center is filled with doctrine, then the way God speaks into our word center, God will have access to that doctrine, that truth, that then we'll be able to discern between that truth versus our own not truth thoughts. That is a really cool way to put that. So every episode that we've talked, especially the ones about that are very directly doctrinal, I already mentioned how really the ultimate answer in every episode is doctrine. But if you look at grace, faith, salvation, the God's nature series, Mm -hmm. we did sin. Like these are some really, really easy episodes and topics to understand how those are direct doctrine. And when we have those doctrine defined in a non-contradictory way, according to God, that is the key to us being able to hear his still small voice and to discern his still small voice in the midst of all the noise. So last episode, we saw that God speaks into this conscious brain of Christians by his spirit. He does so with words. He does this with doctrine. Hmm. God is always speaking to everyone. Our ability to hear him depends on whether our spirit is born, becoming born again, and whether we have the correct doctrine Hmm. for what God is saying. Because he only speaks the truth. He only speaks in doctrine. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> right. So that's why doctrine works in every context. It's the ultimate answer. Doctrine works for every person. Every one of the ultimate answers we've given, Pastor Jonathan, mm-hmm. works for every person. Dude. And doctrine is the key to us being successful with the mission that Jesus left us with. Doctrine is the key for discipleship, which we'll get further in the next and final episode of season three. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.